Hi, Chris. Hi, Josh. Why are you looking at me under your eyebrows like that? Hi, uh, Alex. Hello. Hey, man. Saying hello normally, like, you know, like normal people. Okay, do. it's a spooky Halloween episode, right. so he's, he's doing... He's being real spooky. He's being real spooky. You playing with the mag gun magazine right. there? Would you? And you brought a gun. That's kind of a red flag. Yeah, the but second time. 762 millimeter. Full metal, uh, yeah. Full, full metal... metal. Jacket, yeah, yeah right, that's right. it's from the movie. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, so you're doing a, okay. So we're so doing, doing movie Apollo 13. No, I'm I'm Dave from Tales and One, and you would know that if you're a cinephile. But I'll do a reference. So okay, open the podcast bay doors, hell, right? You know? Oh, he's a podcast. So yeah, yeah. so you're doing full metal in a world of shit. Right? Was that in the movie or is that just Josh? I think it was just like an improv thing. Or I something. think I think he's just in character. Oi, bruv, yeah, me apples and pears down yep. to Bobby Lori Lou. The two percent milk, not yeah, low fat. Bit, use milk. Yeah, I've actually never seen it. That's I don't know, really. clockwork. Okay, he's loading the magazine now. He's a method actor. Just let him right, get right, to the right. bit. So, like, hey, wait. Every fucking week, new movies get released. How does anyone ever see these? There are too many movies. Welcome to There Are Too Many Movies, family. Hello. It's the Spooktober finale Halloween episode. And for this Halloween spectacular, it's a Kubrick special. We are talking about The Shining. Let's so, fucking go, dude. So we are going to... It's not the Kubrick special. It's The Shining. It's The Shining. Yeah. We'll take it again. Fuck it's it. a Kubrick special, for sure. Kubrick special. I'm Dave. Oh. Oh, yeah. From... Um, oh, I thought you were from uh, Barry Lyndon. You thought this was Barry Lyndon. I mean, yeah. it's possible. You were lighting the some puffy, candles when I got here. The puffy collar movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the snooze fest. So that's 2001. That's the Stanley Kubrick movie? Yeah, it's a Stanley, yeah, it's a Stanley so, Kubrick actually. movie. Yeah, it's... No, right? Arguably... I thought, I thought it was... Arguably yeah, yeah, yeah. the best movie of all time. Arguably. Uh, arguably. You could argue it. We'll I, argue it. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. It's a smart movie. I think it's a way smarter movie, to be honest with you. You could argue that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That Chuck and Larry is a smarter movie than 2001, right. possibly. You and it's two argue, against one. You could argue it. You could argue it, is all I'm saying. So I'm not saying I would. It's a good commentary could. on marriage in America. I'm just saying. Anyways, we talked about, or fucking, I'm, it's 9.30 in the morning. We're not awake yet. It's actually and not. It's 10.30. It's yeah. 10.30. See, see, I don't even know what time it is. That's why I'm... I'm You're so fucked up. I'm so fucking so sleepy. Fucking fucking fucked Dude. So yeah, I uh, we are going to be talking about The Shining, but before we talk about that, we kind of are going to talk about what we've been watching. But we burn. Aren't our, you going to ask who we are? Burn through this. Oh yeah, you're Chris. I'm Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. But you're Chris. I'm I'm Chris Dave Collins, and I'm Vincent D'Onofrio, right? AKA King Private Pile, Full Metal Jacket, AKA Kingpin, AKA Josh, the Josh Rodriguez. And I am Alex DeLarge Ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll cut to a picture. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what have you guys been watching? Uh, go ahead, Alex. All right. What's your spooky, scary list My this week? My spooky list. It's Halloween week. Let's yep. fucking go, I have dude. one thing, and it's 1917. Oh, wow. All okay. right. I finally Not got around to watching all. it. Uh, for the first time? Yes. Okay. Um, Sam Mendes joint. Yeah. 
Uh, I forgot to bring it back over. Scam uh, Mendez, actually. Scam? Why you say that? Fucking Scam Mendez? I don't know, because he just uses Roger Deakins to tell his fucking stories for him. Can't do shit for himself. Fucking (laughs) Scam fucking filmmaker. What did did Sam Mendez do to you? the hottest shit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no no worries. You just got his name wrong. That's all. Oh, my bad. Also, also it's Roger Deakins, not Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins, the clapper of light. Yep. Clapper. Don't. Okay. okay. There you see. Yeah, you got Changed it. it up. We got there. Um, but yeah, it was. It's fucking amazing. It's probably like I would say right behind Saving Private Ryan in terms of my favorite war movies. Wow. It's it, to me, it's not a great war movie. It's just a cinematography spectacle. It's beautiful. Yeah, and that's thanks to Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins and the not Clapper of Light. Yeah, dude, the scene where he's running through that bombed out town and the flares are lighting everything. I was genuinely just oh mesmerized. that that town that is one of the most beautiful, like most spectacular scenes in cinema. I was history. like, Roger Deakins is just going fucking bananas. Yeah, he right just now. fucked yeah. our eyes <clears throat> for five dude, minutes. Yeah. Dude. yeah, that's a phenomenal scene. Reminds me of uh, they did something similar in Jarhead, if I recall, or maybe you know what? I haven't seen that like twenty years. Roger Deakins. Oh, really? Yeah. Roger Deakins, baby. Yep. She. Yeah. She. When you rewatch she. it, you'll see. Oh, no. You know what I'm thinking of? Jarhead and Sicario have a lot of similar shots. Uh, That's what okay. I'm thinking of. Sorry. Deserty. Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. Of Did she do Bigelow fame? Jarhead? I don't know. Alexa, director, who di- right? Alexa, who directed the movie Jarhead? From reportly.com, no, Jarhead is a biographical war drama released in 2005 oh. and directed by Sam Mendes. Oh, oh! There it is. That's why they. There it is. Uh, Sam Mendes himself. Yeah. <clears throat> that, well, we got there. I didn't know Sam Mendes yeah. did that. Shows how much you fucking know. God yeah. damn it! Because you knew the director. Have you seen Dunkirk? What are you yeah. saying? I think 1917 is better than Dunkirk. <sighs> okay. Sorry. I I would disagree. I would say the hardest disagree of all time. I would say Dunkirk is a better story, though. I would say 1917 has better cinematography. They're pretty similar. Well, in terms of like just how not how things pan out, but like the overarching story, yeah, kind of, yeah. You're so uh, mad right in now. Ter- <laughs> no, no, in terms of war movies, it's fucking excellent. Uh, it's, like, it's there's good, no yeah. doubt about it. I feel like Dunkirk as just a survival story because it's not necessarily about the war. It's just about like these two kids trying to survive the fucking the escape the fucking yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't consider it like a war movie. Yeah, it was tough for me to sit back and enjoy the story because the whole time I was just looking for where they were hiding cuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's uh, a couple that are like pretty cleverly hidden, but you can yeah. still identify. And there's only one like solid cut when he gets movie, knocked you know out. I mean? Yeah, in the, exactly. in the tower. Yeah. yeah, spoiler. He gets knocked out in the tower and it cuts to black. And I was like, hey! And a German is sucking him off. And yeah, it's like, crazy. Dude, get the fuck off me. <laughs> How else are you going to wake him up? Yeah, right. Dude, whenever the plane goes like, <laughs> ladies, does it, go, <laughs> does it go through the barn? Or does it go over the it barn? It goes through the barn. Shit. Yeah. That's fucking hard, man. Yeah. And then, the, like, obviously the iconic shot where he's, like, running down the trench line. Dude, that, yeah. And, like, two people, like, fucking just tackle him, basically. Yeah. yeah. I, I, they, said, they said that that was an accident. I that extras actually ran into him and they kept rolling. Because Good. it's still tracking this the same speed he was running at. And he's got to, like, catch back up yeah. with the... I believe it, but sometimes mm. they always they, they for marketing. They, for marketing, they yeah. always ham it up a little bit. Sometimes, like he had hemorrhoids during the scene. It's always those yeah. publicity little little tidbits they they yeah. like to throw in there. Yep. If you hear it more than once, then it's like, oh, someone yeah. mm-hmm. fed that to him. Yeah. yeah Anyways, totally. Anyways uh, that's what else? Cinema four three. Yeah, cinema in four three. Ooh, oh, shit. Okay. Ah! How'd you Gotta watch it? it? I'm gonna watch it on four K. 
Uh, 4K digital? Because I, I borrowed it from you. Oh, you uh, did? I would have brought it back, but oh. I simply forgot. Oh. Um, you simply are a, thi- simply a thief. And, and now I own it because it's in my <laughs> possession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that it for you? Yeah. Wow. I don't have anything because we are recording back-to-back episodes, and so I didn't watch anything in between yesterday and today. Go ahead and ask me why, if you want to start that conversation. I, I don't care. No. Go ahead I and ask me why. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought. We're both of like, all right, yeah, I get it, man. That's what I fucking that's thought. What I fucking thought, yeah, bitch. I win. <laughs> Take a stress pill and think things over. Uh, yeah, it was a very quick, uh, yeah, I burned through my fucking list yesterday like an idiot. However, though, I did watch uh, Bridge of Spies, which is a fucking banger hmm. and probably the last like great for me, Steven Spielberg film. Yeah. It's fucking amazing, dude. Have you guys seen this movie? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's a fucking banger, dude. Is that the one where it's a bridge made literally out of spies? It's a bridge with spies on it. Oh, You're All close. Right. Uh, starring our boy from Dunkirk from... What the fuck else is he in? He's in a ton of shit. Uh, Harry Styles. Yeah. No. <clears throat> He's in Dunkirk. Not He's, Harry I think Styles. your generation's best actor. Yeah. Um, I think you guys are totally not on... I, I don't think that's it at all. Okay. Who yeah. else was in Dunkirk? Name, name one me. other person that was in yeah, Dunkirk. Yeah, name one person. You can't say Tom Hardy. <sighs> fuck! <laughs> Michael Caine. Michael Caine. He was in Dunkirk? He was. He was a voice on the radio. Ah, figures. Fucking old fuck. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> Our boy. There's an awful lot of films. Thomas Hanks. Tommy Hankies. Um, he is fucking astounding. And our boy from Dunkirk, Mark Rylance, who is fucking amazing. It, yeah. it's, it's literally a film about spies, man. It's it, it's amazing, dude. Love a spy movie. Yeah, for Love sure. a spy movie. Man but I like Uncle. realistic spy movies. I don't like Bond is whatever. Sure. But I love the no. I love <clears throat> like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Charlie Wilson's War type of spy. Ooh, and cut to My loyalty? For 24 years, people have been trying to kill me. People know how. Now, do you think that's because my dad was a Greek soda pop maker, or do you think that's because I'm an American spy? Go fuck yourself, you fucking child. There's a there's a bridge, one might say, for like the James Bond three heads spy movies and the Charlie Wilson. Oh, so there's war. like some sequences. I mean, it's a Steven Spielberg film, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to be for everybody, Bombastic. but Bombastic. But it like makes you fucking think. It's not like a big action movie at all. Got it. Got Better it. than West Side Story? I never saw it. I, who the fuck did? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but guys, highly recommend Bridge of Spies. I'll let anybody borrow it. It's fucking great. Did John Williams compose it? I actually don't know that. It, you probably would have known. He probably does, honestly. He probably would have known if you like if he did, he probably would have been like, that's definitely That's John a John Williams story. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Recognizable. He has a fucking high fifth octave, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's for the music nerds. Isn't that what he does? He does like a high fifth. I mean, he does a lot of stuff. Uh. <laughs> I mean, he does a lot of stuff. <laughs> Excellent insight. I mean, <laughs> John Williams, the, the most musically talented people on the podcast are like, John Williams does a lot of stuff. Thanks, it's like guys. saying Malmsteen uses the harmonic minor scale. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So you know, a lot of, you know what I mean? You know yeah. who else does a lot of stuff? Stanley Kubrick. He does a lot of stuff. He does a lot of stuff. He does, he does a, lot a lot of things. Stuff, yeah. I, he uh, like the camera. Yeah. And like the, the lenses. Like, Are we ready to get into it? Yeah. Yeah, let's fucking get into let's The Shining. Yeah, yeah, get into, <laughs> get into it. it. Get into it. Get into it. The Shining. Because honestly, we have we, so much. We have so much to talk about. And I, at risk of not being funny for the next two hours, it might be 
that. That's honestly my biggest fear whenever we love a movie. It's like we're just going to jerk off over it. And yeah. I this... did forget something else on my watch list, though. Go ahead. Um, and I'll cut it in earlier. Room 237. Oh, this I don't want to so hear anything. Good. I don't want to hear so anything great. about oh, this fucking so movie. So whenever you watch The Shining, nope. it's mandatory viewing. You that have you, to. you have to watch Room 237 right afterwards. You actually don't. Did you guys know that The Shining is about the massacre of Native America? Yes. Oh, well, we'll <clears> cut to a clip when we first brought that up on the show. You know the, the documentary Room 237? Yep. Dog shit. That thing is it. so fucking stupid. I turned the, it off after like 15 minutes. Me too. Me too. I, I didn't finish it. The first theory was this guy was like, I was sitting in the theater and the second it ended, I turned to my friend and I said, that is about the genocide of Native America. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> if I was his friend, I'd be like, we're not fucking friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing you have to say after this fucking movie. Did your friend do a cartwheel into a pile of grenades after that? <laughs> Because that's what I would have done. I'd have been like, we! Yeah. We! Death! Reality doesn't mean anything anymore! And we're back. Have fun combing through the episodes. I know exactly where it is, because oh, I am organized like an editor, because I'm a good editor. Yeah. Anyways, oh yeah, just go ahead and open that Zoa. Oh, that looks fucking crazy. I'm really glad you brought up... What flavor you're on? Is that Tropical Punch? Tropical motherfucking punch, BB. Uh, is that Black, Black Adam, Adam in the theaters cover? now, bitch? <laughs> I'm really glad you brought up Room 237 because this is all we should say about it. <sighs> Two things about it. First, I, I, we're getting into the fan theories, baby. We're going to do no, it. No, we're not. Yes, we're doing it. Let's not, go. I don't even want to entertain them. All right. So Jack Nicholson is obviously sexually abusing Danny throughout the <laughs> film. Obviously. Uh, alluded to because there's a bear, he sits on a bear and then a bear sucks off a guy later in the movie. And that... Uh, that it's, it's simply obvious. It's simply clear as fucking day, Anyone Chris? that sees yeah. that... Immediately. When you see the, the, the fucking ligature marks around Danny's neck after he was with his father that said, I'm never going to hurt you. And then a big stinger, dude. A big fucking... Yeah. Stinger, I just met her. Nice. nice. Thank you. Okay. Oh, shit. Two, Hold on. All right, I'm good. Two things I want to say about Room 237. Good. Leon Vitali, the former... His assistant, the guy that the documentary film worker is based on film worker go check it out go check out that movie r.i.p leon fucking amazing he dismissed all those theories in room 237 as gibberish saying they're entirely without merit get fucked stephen king never a fan of kubrick's film adaptation started watching this documentary only to give up halfway through as he felt that the filmmakers were reaching for things that simply weren't there but whenever he does reveal that he did film the moon landing on Danny's sweater. Oh, with the Apollo 11? With the yeah, Apollo yeah, 11, yeah. yeah. Leon confirmed that that was a joke Kubrick was playing. No. No, it's I, a fact. I, it's we a never f- went to the moon. He was, admitting and, moon. he was admitting and apologizing for the moon landing. Exactly. How far it is. Totally. In the movie The Shining, dude. Absolutely. You're totally right. Thank you guys for bringing that up. Of course. Yeah. yeah. There's it's two- like we know more about Stanley Kubrick than for Chris real. does. Like, how do you land on cheese? Yeah. You guys, you guys went to film school, and that's obvious. Yeah. Here's yeah. Ask me anything about film. I'll answer it truthfully. Okay. Yep. Name three film sizes. Uh, 35 millimeter, 16 millimeter, and um, 8 millimeter. You nailed it. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucking fucked. <laughs> Should have gone harder one. What's the resolution of 4K? Um, 2140p. Okay, what's the other number? What's the width? Um, 1680. 1680. I don't fucking know. What kind of millimeters are in this, buddy? Get fucked. 760. Two clips from the, the movie The Shining perfectly sum up Room 237, and I'll cut them in here. In this film, a deeply laid subtext that takes on the Holocaust. Are you out of your fucking mind? 
Stanley Kubrick was involved with faking the Apollo moon landing. There ain't nothing in room 237. So I'm glad we got that out of the way. Well, those are correct theories, and mm, yeah. they're left open to interpretation. If anybody, if anybody brings up the room 237 to you in any other capacity other than ironically or and to shame it, fuck that person. You have legal precedents to sever all their limbs. Here's but the, the, the big fact, like the fact that, you know, what really reveals the Native American idea, Thank ideals you. behind it, is that there's a can behind scat... Sorry. I'm a scat man. Behind Scatman Crothers, whenever he's in the kitchen, and there's like a a, a, a can of corn with a, a very racist depiction of an Indian on it. A Native American. Native American. Well, it's an, you know, like. Well, they're not from India. I fucking know that. He was being historically accurate. Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. To what they would have said. Right. Exactly, but go, but go ahead. And that's and then that's why it's a Native American. So yes, exactly. That's that's. I mean, he doesn't leave any detail unchecked. So like that's not, clearly mm, an yeah. an ode to the fact it's on an Indian burial ground. Oh yeah, they did oh, say that in the in the initial like interview. And that's what Poltergeist is all about. If you tie that into The Shining, that's what The Shining's all about. And The Shining is actually directed mm. by Steven Spielberg, much like Artificial Intelligence. I'm glad we got there. Welcome to There Are Too Holy Many Movies. Shit. And no. much like Poltergeist, which was directed <clears throat> by Steven Spielberg. Was it? Okay. I don't know that, but all right. I don't know it either. It's like a thing. Five Head Film School. <clears throat> Welcome. And if you're just into conspiracy theories like us, you just know this. It's, it's yeah. a true fact. Or theories, as we like to call them. The conspiracy theory conspiracy. <laughs> That's it. But yeah. Uh, also, the, the incest theory is alluded to because... He was reading Playgirl Play- magazine. Yeah, and there's an article in with that particular... Dicks? What? Playgirl with the dicks? I don't know. Yeah. So he's reading it at the hotel. I guess it's just on the table at the hotel. He's reading it, and the cover... On the cover, there's a story about why parents sleep with their children. It's like incest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And Jack whoa. Nicholson is reading that in the hotel. Oh, so that's an obvious allusion to the fact. I that hate that we're even giving this one. Yeah, I know, time. I know. <laughs> even though we're doing this as a joke, I you hate should, that it's are you taking have up. a big disclaimer at the bottom for the entire conversation. Nah. Yeah, honestly. If you don't if, get it, I don't give a shit. Honestly, fuck you. If, you've, if you like Room 237, if you give a shit about. The only redeeming thing about Room 237 is the director actually said he doesn't believe any of those theories. He, he, he considers it more of a documentary about fan obsession. Okay. Oh, okay. Which is like, okay. But also, you made it and you're perpetuating all yes. this. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at with it. You specifically think, made it about the Shining, geared to Shining fans. I think. And I, set it up to make it sound like. Totally. It's called Room 237. Who do you think is going to watch it? No, yeah. I, I genuinely think that he set out to make something like that and like unpack the movie and blah, blah, blah. And then it got received the way it did. Like, what the fuck are you talking <clears throat> about? Like, I was just kidding. Literally, These people are idiots, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I think is going on where he's like, I was just joking. Stupid. <laughs> like, just joking. yeah. Like, literally, he... Yeah, everyone involved with the production is just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. So no. Yeah. Like yeah. his like, closest no, assistant, movie. the guy, the guy that he mulled over every Kubrick mulls over every single detail with his assistant Leon, and Leon goes, "This is gibberish," and that's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, for him to go. No, that's fucking dumb. Like that's yeah. it. R.I.P. He died this year, August twentieth. Rip. Um. Check out Film Worker. It's a great documentary. And Sex Worker. I just met her. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. 
It is appropriate. <laughs> I guess so. Anyways, uh, the most iconic opening title sequence in horror history, man. Yep. Yeah. It's just fucking great, Those dude. helicopter shots, yeah. Helicopter shots with hey, the you blue know, title can, cards. Yeah, you can see the helicopter in one of the shots. Oh. Ooh. Whoa. And you know the little island that they zoom in on? It, it represents the isolation of the family. Oh, and the oh shit. Yeah. <gasps> sure. One that's cool. One thing that's kind of cool is that he mulled over the color of those titles for a long time. He changed it four or five times before settling on cyan for some reason. I would have picked brown. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone solid white, but the the cyan's jaunting. But it's jaunting. Guess who? Uh, do you know who references that in his great horror classic? Now considered a classic, uh, Mike Flanagan and Doctor Sleep. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I don't know, maybe, but uh, Jordan Peele recreated the cyan title treatment. Oh, oh nice! Get in Get Out. Fuck yeah! Love to see it. Um, as a very specific ode to that's the shining, awesome. yeah. he's really awesome in his like. He's it, just a it, fan. It, it doesn't like overshadow his movies, but they're like perfect. Um, just tribute references. Yeah. yeah, it's just like I mean, honestly, just like Quentin Tarantino, where he does a lot of yeah. references to like classic films that he fucking loves. It's like, oh, I want to do this scene. I want to do this shot. I want to do this. You know, it's like, but always, it's, but it's it always referential. Yeah, but it, it's tasteful in the sense that it's like if you know, you know. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't take you out to like exactly. tip the hat yeah. and like break the fourth wall. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the the, op- the iconic opening scene, obviously, uh, Mount Hood in the background, a p- shot in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know what's interesting about that? They actually reuse some of that. Um, footage for Blade Runner when Ridley Scott was forced to cut in a happy ending by the studio he Kubrick a fan of Ridley Scott like he was he liked his movie so he was like yeah you can use some of my shining footage wow. but you can't use anything that I use okay yeah so yeah so just unaired footage yeah. from a yeah, basically, he's like, you can use my outtakes from the helicopter to show them riding off into the sunset, basically. Nice. Before the the horse and the fucking... Yeah. <clears throat> but or the unicorn, I mean. Interesting thing about unused footage from Kubrick, you know, he burned all footage that Hard. he didn't use. It's it's Some people don't believe it. Um, they think studios have, like, some in, in their vault. But he had so much control contractually over, like, his movies that he, before he died, he instructed his assistant, like... A few, a few months before he passed away, he had Leon destroy all the outtakes and unused footage from all his films, all uh, like the celluloid, so that he could ensure not a single recut of his movie was made. That's hard. That's hard as shit. Fucking Dude. hard, man. Talk about control freak. Meanwhile, George so, Lucas is on his fucking eighth edit of A New Hope. Yeah, yeah. F- seriously. So, I know his first film is Spartacus, technically, right? Sure. What is his first film, though? Like, his first... Like, Beginning to end, front to back, back to front. Because like directing was different back then, especially for Spartacus, where yeah. Kirk Douglas was like, all right, we're going to... He just peaced out. We need a new director, and I like this guy. And then he's like, Kubrick is on a set, essentially not his film, yeah. but he's directing this entire fucking movie. I don't know. I don't know what for- short films he did, honestly. Yeah. So you don't know if like his first feature, though? He, like Spartacus was his first studio film. Like that was his but big it's not breakout. Like his it's not film. his because he didn't yeah. initiate the whole. Do you like truth. Stanley Kubrick or I'm a yeah I'm Are aware of the him? guy. You seem to not know anything about. Yeah, him. <laughs> I asked you a pretty basic question. What yeah. was his first movie, Chris? And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like like pre Spartacus. I don't know. Honestly, I don't. Here's the thing. I know I'm a Kubrick fanatic, but I don't consider Kubrick. Do you Kubrick Stan until Stanley 2001? Kubrick? Like until 2001, like Lolita. The Killing, Spartacus. 
I don't watch that and feel it's a Kubrick film. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I just don't. And so he just yeah. hit a stride for two thousand one, and it, like I don't and know that what on. I don't know what I don't fucking know what happened. But like he, it was like that was his magnum opus, and so yeah. it was like that was the dawn. I think of like just who he, his style of filmmaking, the the symmetry, the one point perspective. Strange Love came out before two thousand one, right? Uh shit. I think it did. I honestly don't know. I'm not the no, I'm not no, the Kubrick I so. expert. I mean, I am, so I can tell you that oh, Strange okay. Love did come out before. Okay, thanks, Alex. Alexa, when did Doctor Strange Love come out? The film Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb was released on January 29, nineteen sixty four. Four years before, yeah. Again, I'm the Stanley Kubrick <laughs> Stan of the podcast. Yeah. Um, the Stanley Stan. The Stan yeah. Stan. Doctor Strange Love does feel like a Kubrick film, so there is that. It feels like his earliest, like distinctly him you know what i mean super wide angle lenses huge panel lights yeah. the war room but back to then it's also in black and white still though which is like yeah <laughs> back to the shining real quick though um uh jack nicholson fucking hates his family dude yeah oh uh, yeah he, he can't fucking stand his family the dude. average dad tbh i think <laughs> honestly i think that's what at the root of this movie that's what it's about is yeah. the relationship between like like maintaining a relationship but also work-life balance <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah a healthy work-life balance and just going insane together through like like jack goes insane but they all go insane together. I don't think many people acknowledge that. Like, like they're Danny, all isolated. Yeah, Danny goes insane quicker than anybody. Yeah, but Danny also has the shine. Yes, thing. he's get he's like more in tune to the ESP thing. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. literally has the shining. So, like, but he's you know fucking his eyes. He's foaming <laughs> yeah, at the mouth. Yeah. He's he's seeing visions. Like he <clears throat> went insane before everybody else. Yeah, but you know Jack goes insane obviously, but it's. It's, and he's dealing with an alcohol problem, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And a wife that won't leave him the fuck alone when he's trying to write. <laughs> I know, Shut right? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear this clickety-clack, that means yeah. you don't come in. Um, uh, the casting for Jack Nicholson, by the way. Um, fucking, you know, he he was casted as Napoleon for the movie that Kubrick never made. Oh, uh, that would have fucking... That would have went so fucking hard. Yeah. Dude. I feel like that's the ultimate, like, lost project in film. You know Probably, what I mean? And now yeah. Ridley Scott is doing Napoleon. With I mean, we'll Joaquin see. Phoenix. I mean, I'm sure uh, they'll do good. Ridley Scott is just so fucking yes and then what? Yeah. And then exactly. yes and then what? True, true. We'll see though. If he's if he was close with uh, Kubrick, then we'll fucking see. Let's hope so. Um I always wanted Chris Nolan to do the Napoleon movie, but whatever. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean the movie itself, like all the fucking metaphors and all the things like people like to try and unpack with this thing, like they, I think they overthink it. It's just a guy going crazy with the with, un, un, under a cursed hotel. And that's it. Yeah. The, cur- the hotel has a lot of ghosts and hauntings in it, and it influences thing. And then it all bring. I'm jumping around, but like the ending shot where it's like he's always been there. It's 1921, the ballroom right. thing. Like that's sparks the most debate. But to me, it's like. He's part of the hotel now. He's part of the spirits. That yeah, yeah. I think it's it's, it's like, not like he's always been there. Yeah, no. it's, it's like just the like, hotel called him as. It's entity. like you'll now be here. You'll play with us forever and right. ever. And yeah, ever yeah. And ever. It's like he's he's just there, and it's like it, any caretaker that got there would have ended up in that photo. Right. I, I is what think I mean. Yeah. Like what the. I think what causes the most debate is the fact that people don't like. It's like they can't get to get grips with the fact that it is the hotel that is haunted. Mm-hmm. That is like. That is creating all of it, mm-hmm. yeah, and not individual ghosts. Does that make sense? It's like the entire hotel 
is haunted. Yeah. It's filled with ghosts that the hotel essentially called there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not just one thing. It's not one apparition. It's not one story that it's trying to, to direct you to. Especially at the end whenever Shelley Duvall is running through the fucking hotel and then is seeing all these goddamn yeah. ghosts all over the yeah. fucking place. Yeah. And it's like, oh, the hotel is just trying to fucking you know all at once fucking her over you know what yeah. i mean yeah. and i think it's just that doesn't happen otherwise because of the isolation like yeah there it's happening when nobody else is there because it's easier for the hotel to dial yeah. into people is what i'm thinking yeah. like when it's crowded and populated it doesn't do that it doesn't bother because it's like it's that was the one thing that i was i did like about dr sleep honestly uh, the fact that we're even bringing it up, sucks. I genuinely can only remember the callback shots in Doctor Sleep. But the fact I, that they even did that is offensive. I like that they did acknowledge that it's it's not the ghosts in the hotel; it is the hotel that is haunted. Yes. Yeah, that's the one thing they addressed in Doctor Sleep that I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I, it's it has a this movie has a mysticism to it because what Kubrick always does is he takes the source material and elevates it to like a metaphorical sense. Fuck it, yeah. it is not even a Stephen King property at no. this point. And everybody <laughs> you know knows I mean? everybody it's knows the skeleton Steve- of yeah. the book, right? Yeah, and everybody knows like Stephen King wrote this off as like he didn't care for it that much or whatever, but Well, he's a dumb fucking bitch though. <laughs> and his his I, shining I, I is selling author of all time, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, honestly, but, but I his shining you. fucking sucks though. Yeah, I I watched the his shining when it aired on Sci-Fi in like it's fucking 2000. It's a mini series, yeah. It is atrocious. It's so bad, yeah. Uh but yeah, it's uh the source material is much more literal. There's all kinds of weird shit like hedge animals and he- like hedge things. Like and- mon- mon- there's ghoulies. There's yeah. ghouls. What yeah. The fuck. Hi, Doc. Like he did the same thing with 2001. Arguably, he did it with the actual author when they wrote the screenplay, but I read 2001 and then you compared that to the movie. The book is very literal on what yeah, you can't thing- translate the most literal interpretations in the book. You have to make it like art, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, he you- makes it fucking five head. Yeah. yeah, but it makes it five head. But and you do- if you don't understand it, fuck you. Yeah. Cause because like 2010 is literal. The sequel to 2001 is very straightforward. You know what's happening. Yeah, but it's not Kubrick. Exactly. I know. But I'm, what I'm that's what my point is basically. He's he elevates it to a metaphorical sense to make it deeper and like it's like he makes it almost just susceptible to these hundreds of theories because right, it makes it's so deep and like it makes it malleable yeah. to everyone's experience. Exactly. Cuz there is just like an overall like undertone of tension and suspense and spookiness yeah the entire fucking time that it's like it, there it has to be more than what we're being shown yeah but it's like that's the that's what makes it scary yeah. you know what i mean it's, it's be- what you don't know about the hotel yeah that makes it scary it's the subliminal stuff too i mean yeah. like like him turning a corner and then the flash cut to the like obviously we, do we even need to say it has a fucking visual language it has amazing i mean cinematog- obviously like i don't do- don't yeah right. ch- chug the milk uh, all right <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. sorry, sorry Chelsea. Chelsea. Sorry, Chelsea. Just scared the shit out of her by throwing the plant. I'm it's sorry, okay. baby. <laughs> She's like, "Fuck this podcast." Yeah, um, uh, like the the like the elevator thing, for example, with the blood. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Yeah, that's like, such a fucking. It's the most iconic shot in horror. History. It's one of the most iconic shots in horror history. But then smash cut to Danny's face, <clears throat> like the the shocking smash oh. cut to Danny's face. No stinger, no music, yeah, no nothing. He's a master of that. 
he did it in 2001. He does it in Clockwork, where it just cuts to these things like, like this shocking imagery for sometimes even a still image for two or three seconds, no stinger, and then throws you back in. It's like it's eyes wide shut. Does that too? Like, does it not? I don't in eyes wide shut. What I, don't, is, I don't remember what, uh, any yeah, smash cuts in that. Trying to think. Ah, oh, fuck it. Sorry. Anyways, maybe during the party scene where Tom Hanks or Tom Hanks, <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks, Tom. <laughs> Imagine Eyes Wide Shut with Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he, those type of subliminal montages where it'd be like blood, face, come, right, right, mm. all the fluids. Yep. Uh, th- that make according to theory to the theory the the come theory of two thirty seven. Yeah, room 237. Also, the fact that it's called room 237 is simply because it's a made-up hotel number. So the hotel they were shooting at, in the book, it's 217. Okay. And so when they shot it, they're, like the hotel was like, can you please not shoot in room 217? Because we actually have an actual room. And no one's going to want to stay and there. And no one's going to want to stay there. So they're like, all right, room 237 it is. And then cut to hundreds of people unpacking that number like yeah, like, yeah. Just like, what does it mean what does it mean no it's just like it could have been any fucking number. number the fact yeah. that there are so many theories just proves that Stanley Kubrick is a fucking master right yeah. in the yeah. fact that it's like there has to be more because he's a fucking mastermind yeah. dude yeah oh uh the the room 237 was I forgot it was actually in Dr. Strangelove it's the atomic holocaust code that ah. like ends the movie so the pin that he enters in is it's like a that's cool homage to that so whatever but um anyways uh whenever danny asks uh scatman carruthers whenever he he asks him uh what about room 237 and then he's fucking like uh he's like the fucking eyeball meme the fucking (laughs) yeah uh, because he's like literally talking to him uh like using, telepathically. Yeah, telepathically yeah. the entire fucking time. And then the second Danny brings up that number, he's like, Well fuck. Yeah. Like this kid has more like really strong fucking powers he's already. He's got the dog in him. Yeah. He's, he's got, got that. that dog in him. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. You know that scene holds the Guinness Book of World Records for most takes shot and in, in a conversation with dialogue? What? Really? 148 takes. And that with, scene between between Scatman and Danny eat, eating ice cream. It drove Scatman to tears. Jesus. Yeah, he's like, he, I don't even like ice cream. He almost quit, yeah. Wow. You know, he, the reason he's on that movie is, is he's Jack Nicholson's friend, and Jack Nicholson recommended him. That's pretty cool. That's kind of cool. But yeah, that scene with the ice cream holds the Guinness World Record for most takes. Damn. Jesus Christ. David Fincher's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if it still holds it, but it did at one point. Um, I mean, why try to break it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, it's, it's almost... I'm going to torture two humans. Yeah, for real. Uh, the scene with the bat, uh, it's rumored to have taken 128 takes. Where he's going up the stairs. Going up the stairs. But what's weird is it's disputed by a, a, uh, an assistant editor and the camera operator, Gary Brown, who invented a Steadicam. He's on this movie, and I watched it with a commentary track. He wasn't there for that scene, though, so I don't know how he would know that. He actually was flying back and forth because it went over schedule, and he was supposed to after six months, go to back to America to shoot Rocky two. Oh, cool. So he after so he was flying back and forth, and he actually had to train like his understudy to shoot a, a big chunk of the movie. Yeah. Right. The bat scene was one of those scenes. So I don't know why he if he knows that for real, but people say 128 takes of the bat thing. That's one of my favorite fucking scenes. Dude, ever. it's fucking incredible, dude. Uh, when I first, Honey? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, his over the top like facial Light expressions, of my reactions, life. God. Glad you brought up the over the top facial stuff because 
<laughs> the, uh, so almost every scene, at least 40 or so takes were done. I believe that because I feel like... I mean, I've heard, obviously, the stories of Stanley Kubrick just intentionally going way over the top so that the actors genuinely look and feel exasperated. Yeah, there's that. But um, towards the end of those 40 or so takes, uh, Jack Nicholson would get more and more exaggerated. He would get more and more animated. So he would be going more and more over the top, just like, what do you want? Like, it's almost a joke now. Yeah. So what he was doing, what he did in the in editing was use the earlier takes and then while he was transitioning into insanity, use later takes. Yeah, so it feels more erratic. Yeah, mean, so yeah. he slowly starts to use like wilder takes as the movie goes on. So by the end of the awesome. movie, he's fucking, here's Johnny comical. It's almost funny, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, he's like fully lost his shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that was an improvised line, by the way. Here's Johnny. Awesome. How many doors did they use for that? So, ironically, they built a breakaway door but he but jack nicholson was actually like trained as like a he's a firefighter like, yeah, yeah at some point so he broke through it too easily so they had to build like a stronger door they had five or six like oh, okay. breakaway doors dude that shot of the accident the door is far probably it's the fucking whip, godly the whip pants yeah, yeah. <sighs> it like Jesus makes you become hard. the axe yeah yeah like like you're it's entering so the room hard. with them and i love that, that axe entering scene would not be nearly as iconic without that whip pan yeah no, no, and, but, but I think a big part of it is the fact that it is Jack Nicholson. Like, I don't know of another actor that does that, dude. Yeah, as well as Jack Nicholson. No, like, Jack, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, me like the casting is perfect. Speaking God, of- he's so fucking good. Come on. Why are you ready? Well, Shelly. Shelly, and Shelley Duvall's casting. Jesus. Oh my God. See, people at first were like, what? Like, they wanted a more olive conventionally. <laughs> what? She played olive oil in Popeye. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, they wanted a more conventionally beautiful person. Like, uh, she is very she attractive. Is beautiful. I think. She's beautiful. She but is. She's not conventionally attractive. Right. Yes, but she's not a movie star beautiful, right. I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. She, and the, but when you unpack the reason for her casting, Kubrick said, like, that she was fragile mm-hmm. and, like, almost abusable in a sense. Like, wow. you could be taken, like, she looks she like could, she's light as a feather. You exactly. Know what I mean? Like, yeah, she, she, she looks precious. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's the big eyes. It's like the, her timidness. Yes. And when she's I, she's like literally a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she looks like Coraline. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I first saw this movie, I thought, I mean, this movie got nominated for a Razzie. When, when it first came out, yeah, like it wasn't received well. Wow. And 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 when I first saw it, I thought her performance was bad. When I really? first saw it, like when I was like the first time I saw it in high school, I was like, "What is going like, on why with her?" They have her. Blah, blah. Yeah, it was just like the more you watch the devulsion into insanity, the more like you recognize how phenomenal of a performance that actually yeah. is. It's fucking. It's like, she one was of in, the best, dude. She was Stream in, queen, dude. Dude, she was in hysterics for like ten straight weeks. <laughs> Like maybe even like six months. Like, dude, I think it's five months in. Yeah, and then it happens. Like, I met like she would. She got physically ill. Her hair was falling out. She would like it's invisible in the documentary Vivian Kubrick shot. She's like, look, Stanley, and he's like, don't simp- don't no one sympathize with her. He's like literally like, yeah. Look at this. Pulled all my hair. I pulled hunks of hair out on the windowsill, and the back got cut. Major trim. Hunks of hair. 
Okay. It just comes okay, out. Okay, right now, fellas. Well, I don't sympathize with Shelley. It doesn't help you, wouldn't it? Yes, it does. It does. I was really in and out of ill health because the stress of the role was so great and the, the stress of being away from home, just uprooted and moved somewhere else and I had just gotten out of a relationship. So for me, it was just tumultuous. He told cast and crew to isolate her, essentially. Holy shit. Yeah, they like she wasn't... It it's works. really fucked up. It's really fucked up. Uh, and she's not said. in a good way now, dude. No, no. <clears throat> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I, I blame The Shining. She does talk about it in in both ways. She has looked back on it as traumatic, but she has also said yeah, she wouldn't change it for the world and that she learned more in a year than all the movies she made before that. No oh, come on. What do you mean, roll Two video? Seconds. We're killing ourselves out here, and you're going to be ready. I am, too. I'm standing Should we right play by mood the music? door. No, I can't Yeah, but when you came out like this, you said, just, get, get, get we're sitting there because they say, wait yeah. a minute, okay. and then you say yeah. on the radio, But when you go. do it, you've got to look desperate, Shelly. You're just wasting everybody's time there. I can't even get this well, door, door open. Well, if it hadn't been for that, you know, volley of ideas and sometimes butting of heads together, it wouldn't have come out as good as it did. And it also helps get the emotion up and the concentration up because it builds up anger, actually, and you, you get more out of yourself. And he knew that, and he knew he was getting more out of me by doing that. So it was sort of like a game. You appreciate all the pain. I mean, you, you always dislike whatever the cause is uh, of pain. You always resent it. So I resented Stanley at times because he pushed me and he, it hurt. And I resented him for it. I thought, why do you want to do this to me? How can you do this to me? You know, you agonize over it. And it's just a necessary turmoil to get out of it what you want out of it. I mean, we had the same end in mind. It was just that sometimes we differed in our means. And by the end, the means met. And I find I really respect him and really like him, both as a person and as a director. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed. He's taught me more than I've learned on all the other pictures I've done within one year's time on one picture. So she's talked about it in both ways. If, if you care about cinema at all, dude, like I think... As an actor, if you care about cinema at all, like you can't, like, how do you regret a performance like that? Right. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. like a even, black swan performance. Yeah. Like, even yeah. Heath Ledger, man. It's yeah. like, how do you, it, mental illness aside, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, how do you say, like, I would change that? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You made an iconic performance that will last several generations. Yeah. Jesus. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. each generation coming up finds this movie and regards it as a favorite yeah like yeah. no matter what yeah like uh so it's it's you know, we're not saying we're not saying anything new it's a fucking classic yeah it stands its fucking test of time easily yeah um, the fucking snap zooms chris mm. snap zooms the fucking that stinger that's always on him too oh the fucking yeah. yeah dude he's a master of starting a shot with one composition and creeping for five minutes into a new composition 100%. that is like even better completely different yeah fuck like the king shit it's just, just king, king sh just absolute king shit dude everybody pretty much acknowledges he's the man 
and uh, I still feel that underrates him. The 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 creeping score throughout the whole movie that's pretty unsettling and slowly slowly gets more and more like bombastic and discordant. And like, is there a, an ounce of fat on this fucking movie? It's no. two hours and almost thirty minutes. And we always talk about like movies need to be third, you know, ninety minutes, you know, and get the fuck out. If the movie calls for it, I'm never against a longer movie. This yeah. there is not a single ounce of fat on this goddamn movie, dude. Back to front, front to back, and it's yeah. literally perfect. I would say it's my third favorite Kubrick behind Tales from One and Clockwork. But really, yeah, behind Clockwork, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my this is probably my favorite Kubrick. I think. Yeah, it's just the mix of ultraviolence and Beethoven that is like comical in a sense that like changed the way i was like what the fuck yeah yeah like it like there are two movies that changed my dna and it's 2001 and clockwork 2001 is just the most existential fucking five head movie out there and then clockwork you just idolize the main character yeah it's like yeah literally literally me literally me yeah i i the old in out in out yeah that looks the large ass in the flesh so how do we feel that like scatman I'm a scat man. His, his entire honestly, he's living his best life, not on he's not at the chillin'. hotel. Yeah. He's straight chilling with his fucking art and just he's fucking watching titty, big afro photographs of women all over the place. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just fucking cool. chilling, yeah. watching TV. And then the horror in his face when he begins to shine, dude. <laughs> God damn, that is more fun. In the creep zoom. In the yeah. creep zoom on his face, and he's just like ah. Cut to Danny. <laughs> foaming at the mouth yeah. dude yeah fuck that is yeah. so good dude yeah. I, isn't doesn't the elevator get cut in there too again i think yes. so yeah they did that in three takes by the way wow fucking i could have done it in one but that's cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took nine days to reset every time they had to like wow because it repaint and shit i'm sure they, well get all the blood out but refill the elevator it's like and then they open it yeah at the top of the shaft just pouring it in like fuck (laughs) like all right call it yeah (laughs) call it down no it's like yeah like how do they get the get it to not leak all over the fucking place i don't know like there's got to be residual blood in the shafts of that whole place like but um yeah uh it would leak out you can see you You had to kill all of the people to get all that blood yeah because that's why the movie's cursed in the room 237 documentary yeah Yeah, he he they just stacked yeah, bodies know. in room 237. Yeah. Just as body we know. after body. Because <laughs> yeah. type. Bless you. Thank you. Are you allergic to practical effects? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, I, I read something that it took a year to accomplish all three of those takes because of like, but like, I don't. The, like we the, had to use real blood. No, <laughs> no, like the filming of the movie took a, a year and a little bit almost over a year. So I don't know what they mean by Crazy. that. But it, it's a perfect place to film. It's a hotel. Everyone yeah. can just stay yeah. there. And all the like the opulent ballrooms are already created. Um, well, there's the hotel, but they also the ballroom is in a different location, isn't is it? it? It's a mix. So the studio, there was a studio in England where they rebuilt all the interiors to, to so that so they could I so we could control everything. An so, IKEA bookshelf. They're like, let's build a ballroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they re it, in at one point it burned to the ground uh, later in, in the I, schedule. I know we hate the the theories side of things, but do you think the elevator eyes are supposed to, or are they supposed to be eyes on the in the elevator shot? I've never heard that. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's really. I don't think it's intentional. No, but however, the bear that he's laying on does oddly look like the same shape that the elevator eyes look like. I don't think he had that level of control. You got to check it out. 
You got to check it out because that's the one theory that I was like, if true, big that if, would big if true, yeah. big if true, because the, if the eyes are shaped like that, the bear's mouth is red and like, ah, it's it's like Maybe. doing that face. It's a little bit of an illusion. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. In future Chris. I've never even heard here. that theory. It is. Uh, it's really interesting if you think about it. Yeah. It, big if true. Big if true. Um, The fucking hedge maze, baby. Oh, dude. When he's looking over the hedge maze, and then you see Shelley Duvall and Danny in the fucking maze, dude. Ah! And that started, it's like his devulsion into insanity. And another cool touch. Dude, the stare during that scene. The stare? Yeah. But that was the only uh, special effects. If you will. Yeah, the Kubrick stare, iconic Kubrick (laughs) stare. If you will. If you will. (laughs) will. Um, That was the only special effect in the whole movie. God. Wow. The whole movie. Everything else was shot practically. Hi, sweetie. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, She's fine. She's like, oh. The only special effects shot in the film? <clears throat> yeah. Visual they, effects shot? They shot, obviously, the model, and then they recreated that small little part where they're walking in and shot it from atop of an apartment complex. And, nice. And just matted that in. Fuck. That's the only VFX shot in the whole movie. It's, it's an, And it's incredible. It looks it's perfect. phenomenal. Yeah. And it creep zooms yeah. onto that shot. Fucking amazing. Jesus. And, and then, then his fucking stare... And then smash cut to like Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or it was like Thursday or something. But another cool detail about the title cards, like it started with like the interview, the interview. Yeah. And then it was like Monday, Tuesday, and then it was 8 a.m., 4 p.m. So it it's accelerating in like time of devulsion. Yeah. Uh. Like um, I thought that was a cool like just way of it like, more erratic. And, it was kind yeah. of funny, though, to smash cut to Tuesday. <laughs> and it was like a, a big horse stinger on that. Yeah. And it was like, Doom. Was oh, like, shit. Oh, Tuesday. shit. Tuesday. Fucking terrifying. Oh, and then the next big stinger <laughs> um, is whenever he's with Danny in the bedroom and he's like, Come here, bud. And then he like yeah. sits oh on his God. lap and whatever. No, when he goes in there and he just sees him sitting up doing nothing on the bed. Yeah. That's fucking unsettling. One of the most iconic shots because you see him in the corner and then the mirror. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Mirrors are used a lot in this movie to like show the other side. Yeah. Like uh, like the devulsion. Yeah. Like obviously Red Rum and Murder Backwards is spotted in the mirror. Hmm. And then whenever you see someone. In- oh, Red Rum is Murder Backwards. Oh, oh, did you guys know that? That's a good Whoa. theory. I'm going to put it on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you know? 38 film t- million views. Number 11. <laughs> Number 13. God. Did you know? Did you know that in Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, Red Rum is actually Murder Bear? <laughs> if you posted that just now, we'd get 100 would, million. <laughs> we would instantly quit our jobs because yeah. we'd be fine. Yep. God. But uh, fuck that. Um, But yeah, when, I'd never do anything to hurt you. Yeah. Ever. Uh, and that's... Uh, you, I could see why people think there's a like incest sexual harassment there, th- or sexual molestation. He's clearly an abusive father at the very least. There are some allusions to it. He's like, he's a little boy that lives in my mouth and he's always fucking like, it's like, yeah. it, it could be. But I think the guy that created the theory is reaching quite a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, you know, and he kind of wants it to be that be, yeah be yeah. deeper than I mean, it is if you posit that then you're really hoping other people latch on to it you know? well also yeah. when you go in with a theory you get confirmation bias exactly so yeah. so you go oh that supports my narrative and you ignore everything that doesn't you see support the bears it. in the painting and then the bears later in mm. it, and then a similar painting where it's naked boys and then oh you ooh. yeah if you watch that YouTube 
video because I, I had to just because I was like, this is such a fucking silly thing. Yeah. There are some things that it's like, okay, I arguable. You got there. Arguable, yeah. but I feel like you want it to be this way. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, did you know? Did, did you, you know? fucking know? Did you know that the uh, <laughs> Danny Lloyd, uh, the this little thing was his idea? Really? The child actor's idea. He brought that, he did that in the audition. It's something a child would do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And apparently that's future Danny channeling back to past Danny in the books. And like, that's like, Danny's not here right now. That's future Danny talking. Okay. Oh, okay. But, you know, whatever. I don't give a fuck about the book. I know. <laughs> yeah. I whatever. Honest. I don't give fucking a fucking Dr. Sleep. Um, most of the tracking shots were done in a wheelchair steady cam rig that was in, like, Kubrick invented with Gary Brown. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, Gary Brown invented the Steadicam, but most of the shots, they experimented with all kinds of different vehicles that they could get around inside the hotel in a small area, and they ended up on a wheelchair. I love that. Which is really cool. Well, the fact... Dude, like, Danny riding around in his little fucking big wheel throughout the hotel, and the sound design... The sound is what makes that. Because it's not music over it. It's the fucking... Yeah. And then he hits the carpet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God! You know what's... Yeah, they talked about that in the commentary. He's like, so my rubber wheels were silent, but his plastic wheels made all the noise, and the omnidirectional microphone was sitting on the Steadicam, and we were just following him, very low to the ground, and all that captured is that is what it is. It being low to the ground, as low to the ground as it is, is what makes That's what makes it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You feel like vulnerable, and like it's such a massive space. And when he finally sees the twins, the delivery of that, Let's fucking go, baby. Yeah, yeah. fucking iconic. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Dude, there's so much <clears throat> lens nerdism in that commentary that you guys would love where it's like... Let's fucking go. Like, the way he rounded corners and the stuff he had to do, mm. it's so fucking cool. I mean, the guy that invented the Steadicam was yeah, like... Yeah, insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, don't you think uh, the script was unnecessary and wrong for using the N-word? I don't remember it. I the watched it with... Whenever the ghost of... Uh... Yeah. So, you hate this movie then, right? Because what? It used the N word. When? When? I forget. When so he, it's, uh, the I ghost, watched it with commentary. He's last in the night. bathroom with Jack Nicholson, and the ghost is like, "Your boy is communicating communicating with a blank." Oh, I remember that a now. Blank. Cook. Yeah. So how unnecessary and um, mm. and wrong that is for them to use that. It's motivated at the time. It's an evil spirit. Huh. Huh. Motivated so, of the time. The guy, the Interesting ghost. Is, from the guy that just watched True Romance and was like, fuck this movie entirely. What a piece of shit. Unnecessary script. Awful movie. What? We'll never watch again. I'll never own it on a fucking steelbook. What was you the motivation? What was the motivation for him saying it in True Romance? He's a fucking racist piece of shit. That. It makes. It actually. When when he said when the evil spirit from Am I wrong? You are speaking facts, sir. Facts, I, baby. I don't So so in con- you know, with your thoughts in mind and the way you think <laughs> racistly, might I add. <laughs> uh this script would be unnecessary and wrong, correct? It felt Because motivated. of your blanket fucking statement, right? You can never use that word it's, in film ever. That's not what I said. Hmm. <laughs> That's <what> I said. <laughs> Fucking hum, dude. I'm looking at true romance in the context of all of Tarantino's scripts. That's different. If you do this, you're racist. It, it felt pretty unnecessary in the in terms. No, of No, it's film. jarring to hear that out of yeah. nowhere in the middle of the movie. I'd say it's the it's probably the only 
I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why, why would totally they even say that? Even I mean, that. he did. He is a man that killed his entire family. And yeah. But he's also from the past. It's like a, it's like earlier. Yeah, but it, 1970. But it's like it really didn't need to be in there. It, I agree. Genuinely. But, well, did I not. assumed it was like a conjunction of all like the evil spirits in the hotel, like for hundreds of years. That's what I assumed. Where it, I, I always saw him as himself. The last caretaker. Yeah. Could be. So it didn't bother you at all. Cool. Yeah, so you're like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I was, I, when I saw <laughs> yeah. it, I was like, woo! <laughs> there uh, it is. Speaking of wrong people. Uh, go on. Yes. We have some wrong people for oh, you. Christ. Oh, God. Is All right. TikTok comments? These are Rotten Tomatoes reviews, baby. You ready? Yeah. I'm, I'm like preparing myself to get mad. Can't we put ourselves on Rotten Tomatoes since we are technically a review entity? Shut up. We're going to five star. <laughs> Let's 100% Shrek. First of all. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, we could. John Bronson of Starburst. Starburst. Says, Kubrick doesn't really seem interested in The Shining or in the hotel's supernatural forces generally. The result of the result is a movie fatally flawed artistically. Right. Okay, candy guy. Most people would disagree. Wow, that's a very mature way to look at it I how do you actually feel i would say objectively a lot of people disagree with that yeah including me yeah oh well what a fucking clown <laughs> artistically this guy has like he works for starburst <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fuck are you saying all right how about this though david denmi of new york magazine oh shit I mean, that's a fuck? big one. The magazine of New, New York. York or the New Yorker? Because I know New Yorker is very big. The New York magazine. All righty. That's what Let's it is. Hear it. Yep. There are a few terrific thrills and some eerie moments of dislocation that only Kubrick could achieve. But most of the movie is unfelt, unscary, and bizarrely heavy handed. It's the first pompous haunted house movie. <laughs> 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 I so, mean, the first part I agree with. This, yeah. the, all everything else, um, no. Yeah, just simply no. Fucking no. Yeah, this man is gonna fade into obscurity. I mean, he was already obscure. I didn't know who he was. This is the first mention of him in thirty years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. he writes for the New York Magazine, dude. Oh yeah, he's credible. Then you're right. David Sturrett of Christian Science Monitor. Oh, perfect. This is exactly the audience that Kubrick wanted. Yeah, Christian Science Monitor. <laughs> Christian Science Monitor. Like, when humans this? lived with the dinosaurs, I don't think that they envisioned this type of <laughs> movie. <laughs> what a picture that could have been. A modern ghost yarn with an excellent cast directed by a master technician. Yet the result is a bore, sometimes gratuitously violent, and lacking logic as well as chills. Overall, not as good as the Bible. <laughs> like, what do you, also, I, aren't ghosts like your thing in Christianity? Yeah. Isn't there like a holy ghost? Does he prefer the miniseries directed by Stephen King? I'm sure he does. Yeah. Because, you know, it's more artistic overall. <laughs> Cuts him Morbius five stars. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. This is big, guys. We did it. Scorsese himself. Yep. <laughs> All right, Bill Newcott for movies for the rest of us. Right. Pick a fucking. What are you Here's doing? Here's the problem. With your title? Right off the bat, what? the rest of us is the people that liked this movie. Ah. There's this guy, and then there's the rest of us. Yeah. Actually, this review is uh, this is an archived review. This is from 1980. Okay. All right. Most critics didn't like it when it came out. 
Aside from an occasional flash of brilliance, it is tedious and the fatal blow not at all scary. Tedious. Okay. Asi- aside from the strokes of brilliance, yeah, it has, he's, he makes as- that concession. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, I acknowledge he's a genius. Aside that he's a master artist creating a masterpiece. I was bored. Yeah. I don't like masterpieces. Yeah. I don't like strokes of brilliance. <laughs> the score is two out of five. Wow. Bet. Dr. Sleep five. Holy shit. Holy fucking shit. When oh, the lady the- put on the yoga pants and floated in the sky. God. And then I wanted to fucking, I was horny. And then she did Dude. the stair thing when she was on the stairs. Oh. And she's like, well, they recasted it. And then and she has pretty freckles and I want to make her my wife. Yeah. Remember, remember when, <laughs> remember when they basically ate a child's fear and killed a kid. That was actually pretty intense. But like, imagine Kubrick doing that instead. Like, like the what it was known as one of the scariest. I could see him being like, "No, <laughs> like, you know what I mean." Like, well, it would be it would be bigger. It would be like metaphorical. It would be subliminal. Yeah, it would be like they wouldn't see you wouldn't see five people crowded around a child stabbing him and sucking fear out of their lungs like visibly. Like, there's gas coming out of the kid's mouth and they're yeah. they're eating his shining. Right, that's what they were doing in the, the Doctor Sleep. Can you imagine, like, why it's so literal? It's the it's, 2010 of 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking... <laughs> fart out my ass. Shots to Mike Flanagan. Yeah. He's good otherwise. It's just like, why? I want to see his take on Human Centipede. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see that. I'm I'm cutting to, to the end real quick. The fucking... The final shot of uh, the picture, you know, in the ballroom. Sure. Chris, do you think he's doing the Baphomet sign? Huh? No. Is he... No, I think he's just going, hey, hey, motherfucker. Hey. He's he's li- quite literally doing the Baphomet. We'll cut to it, but I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think, yeah, it's I think he's just sort of you, so you th- so you think Kubrick was like, all right, so when you take this photo, Jack, could you <laughs> do you the Baphomet? He's like, the what? The ba- you know the this, the goat head Satan. Look could at this you- Goya painting. Be this. Yeah. Nah. It's a very unique stance. I mean, I don't know why else he would. Be I mean, he could have like been that. in the middle of a series of motions and that was the it looks like it oh come on that's not his hand it's not he's not even pointing like it's not doing he's not doing it it's it it, to me he's just like (laughs) i love that this this the caption on this is jack posing like baphomet like everything stanley cooper did not a coincidence Cut to Leon, his assistant, going, yeah, that's gibberish. Yeah, no, he just did that. Are silly. you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. Hey, man, did you direct Room 237? Because... I don't know. I think it's a very... I don't know. I don't know. Nah. It's a cool coincidence, if so. Big if true. But <laughs> no. I don't think... You don't think so? I don't no. think so. Like, he, to, to tell Jack Nicholson to... To, to pose all like of a the, sudden make a satanic tie-in at the very final frame. No, it's just like, haunted curse. So. Whatever, it's... Most definitely a coincidence is the first comment. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways. Yeah, the Baphomet thing is like two up, two down with a thumb out. And he's just going like this. Like, party! Like, that's what yeah. it, the vibe is to me. That's what you do at a party? Yeah, that's yeah. how I party. When I party <laughs> with <laughs> flappers. Yeah. That's what I do. Anytime I just I, go, fuck it. Every time I pose, like, one, two, three, I'm like, hey! Every, dude, that's how I'm posing now for every 100%. photo ever. You're you're throwing up the Baphomet? I'm going to do. <laughs> every single time. And then 30 years from now, every photo of you is going to be that. Like, and someone's going to go, holy shit, he's Baphomet. Like every, like everything Josh did, not a coincidence. He's El <laughs> I, I don't feel great about it. I'll just take the bullets out. No bullets. Yeah. 
Nope. Yeah. That's nothing. safer. So all the fake snow, the stuff falling was styrofoam, and then all of the like, other mounds of stuff was salt. Fuck. So even like... There was 900 tons of salt used in this movie. Jesus. So like when it's like up against the window and the building and all that. 900 tons, dude. It's insane. That's nuts. Like, you know, the ballroom where he's like throwing the tennis ball and all that stuff. Like, the, that's not natural light. All those lights outside. Like, those are big fucking window. Huge light. fucking soft panel lights. Jesus. They, 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 I forget the wattage, but I, I remember reading something. It was like hundreds of thousands of watts or something crazy. Back to the fucking, the, the theory real quick. Yeah. The fucking back the, to the Baphomet. Right. No, no, no. The, the Danny theory. Yeah. I thought this is so fucking stupid. He's like, Right after the scene where he molests Danny, supposedly Wednesday, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why it had a stinger. He was so guilty that when he's walking through the hallway, every time he passes a mirror, he can't look at himself. So he does like a. Wah! That's dumb. Huh? Yeah, because no. you always look at a mirror when you pass it. Exactly. Right. No, that's so stupid. So, he's, so every time he passes a mirror, he goes. Wah! That is such a fucking reach. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> who what? the fuck? Yeah. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> Fuck He's you. just Jack Nicholson being Jack Nicholson. It's just a performance. It's yeah. not fucking. But he happened to fucking. <sighs> so dumb. every time he passes by a mirror, he goes. Ah, excellent. Yeah, proves your Wah! point. You are correct. Imagine asking somebody. Ah! Imagine asking somebody. Hey, what makes you think Jack Nicholson molested Danny in The Shining? He's like, well, when he walks past I'm the mirror, you he, asked me. Yeah. I've been holding on to this for years. Yeah, he goes, who are? Anytime he walks past the fucking mirror, <laughs> what are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. Are you out of your fucking... Cut to a two-hour documentary made by real people with real money involved. with real fucking release on Amazon Prime. You could actually fucking watch. Fucking stupid. Hey, uh, there was a one shot where they were touring the grounds. They moved an entire mound of like... They built a mound like put a, a few pine trees in it from there's it's like a two second shot from like the hedge dollying over when they were first touring the grounds to hide a residential neighborhood behind there if you see the shot you're like they built that whole fucking hill for like two seconds for like dude just shoot it on a tighter lens cooper's like nah i want it to absolutely fucking no build a hill (laughs) love it and you can you can tell when you look at the hill really closely there's like they look like tiny little pins of pine trees that they just mm-hmm. like threw there and like hope they stood up, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like shit if you pay attention to it, but it's in the if background. St- yeah. Freeze frame that. Yeah. But it's, it's just like, yeah, they built that hill for that. You know, when you have to make a hill, you know, you just yeah. make a hill. When, when you, you have, have to, to make a hill form, we have to make a hill. In a Imagine day. being on this production, like for, it went six months over schedule, by the way. So it was almost a year. It was supposed to be done in six months. Went six months over schedule. Hey, if I'm getting paid. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, maybe you get all the like hourly. You're like, yeah, that's that's work for another six months. But imagine going through all these takes and all these long days and long hours and late nights and getting basically used and abused by Stanley Kubrick for that long. And then everybody goes, what a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would fucking suck. I like th- being the dude that had to shovel that hill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that would fucking like suck. Oh, you're such a genius, huh? It's like being the guy that makes Teslas, and then yes. everyone goes, "Elon Musk is such a genius." Yes, ass exactly, exactly. Except Stanley Kubrick actually is a genius. He is, though. Yeah, facts. Um, one of the only shots done in one to two takes only was the scene where she runs into the ballroom when Jack's having a nightmare and he falls to the ground. That was uh, only done in one or two dude, takes. That was one of the only ones done in that short of time. I, and he said, I don't know why he was satisfied, but we just moved on. 
That's weird. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was in the commentary. Like, Thank God, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it, Thank God, like, you know you're a fucking perfectionist when it's notable that you move on. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And that's got to give you a little bit of confidence boost whenever you do do something in like three takes with Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah. They said that between every take, there would be a three minute argument about the placement of the camera's crosshairs uh. like in, in the viewfinder. So it would be, yeah. I mean, dude, he, in the scene where. But he's so meticulous about it. Yeah. He is. But like. There's a reason behind it. It's yeah. like, it's he's not just being an asshole to be an asshole. Right, right. It's like when you see the result of he's the film, you're vision. like, yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah. He's uncompromising. He's, he's like, making, we're not, we're going to be here till it's perfect. I love those people in theory and stories and in all of that. But it's like, if I had to work for the guy, I would die. I would eat my own penis off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. what I was trying to say, where it's like, we regard him as such a master genius. And yeah, but like, imagine being the camera operator that had gone up flights. Of, like, dude, this city cam operator, Gary Brown, climbed the length of the Empire State Building while sh- with a 50 or 60 pound steady cam when he was shooting. Uh, Kelly du- Shelley Duvall going through seeing the apparitions and she's going up the stairs and it's going backwards. He did it so many times that he his he legs did, exploded. Well, he's, <laughs> he he said he said he it's did the math. Just, he said he did the math and that was the Empire State Building amount of flights of stairs. But basically, he said he could keep doing it because in between each two minute take there was a five minute argument. Wow. So he so he said he got a rest period. So he's like, it wasn't that bad. But he was like, I was astonished at how much I did. Yeah. Wow. Fucking unreal. Unreal. Unre- His quads are. An unreal. Burned. I know. An unreal amount of reels. I bet. Yeah. All film too. God, thank God he died before digital. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to notice me. <laughs> what? You said an unreal amount of reels, and I went. <laughs> um, oh shit. Dude, the first sip of alcohol Jack takes. Oh man, it looks so that good. Looks, the clinkiness of the ice—it made me want to drink so bad. That whole fucking scene, dude, is just master, master shit, king shit, top shit, dude. Yeah, that's the best. That's fucking cinema, bro. Yeah. Oh hey, Lloyd. Cut to the wide of uh, just a bartender there. You're just like, what? Yeah, you're like, oh shit, shit's well, about to go down. That's when you're leaning when he's forward. Like, exactly. It, slow night, isn't it? <laughs> Cut to apparition. Like fuck, dude. Yeah. The whole conversation too. Here. Yeah, the whole yeah. conversation too is hypnotizing. Yeah. The way he's yeah. just like one single pound of force more. Like th- that performance, the yeah. long take of it was just like Chef's Kiss. Like dude. Jack Nicholson was just amazing there. Fucking murdered it, dude. He he, re- he red rummed it. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh. Um, <laughs> and then. It's interrupted by Shelley Duvall coming in saying, oh, someone is in the hotel with us. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> One of my favorite lines ever. The way he's like kind of drunk and just like, yeah. yeah. Just the way. That already d- done with his wife's shit. Yeah. One drink into like. He's yeah. all worked up from talking about her already. Yeah. yeah. And then she comes in and. The old sperm bank upstairs. Dude, I forgot about that line. Yeah. He said it and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Just the hysterics. She comes in and like. And and he's like, what room was it? And then it smash cuts to a newscast. You're like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. I remember the first time seeing this being like, let's go. Room 237. Like, what's going to happen in there? Yeah. That was probably the most suspenseful horror moment 
ever in room two. Like when he goes in, yeah. and oh, it's yeah. and it's a first person camera, and you just have to wait to see like like and the the the, the color of the room, dude. Oh, yes. The way it's designed, the carpet, it's a purple and black, and such bold colors always. With oh Kubrick. God, dude, it's just that's cinema, baby. Yeah, dude. I mean, with the bathroom, it's like fucking crimson. The red bathroom, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cinema, baby. That was like the suspense of like there's someone in the tub and you can't see mm. like they're just and then she's slowly dude and then, and then like and then he's like I'll immediately cheat on my wife yeah, dude yeah. The, the immediate smile on his face where he's like he's like afraid and then like it's a naked woman he's like oh, yeah. yeah yeah uh, yeah that's great it's, yeah but then the horror whenever he realizes the reflection in the mirror and he's he like, starts back oh and, she's oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes, totally underlooked, is when he's like having that terrible nightmare and he's screaming while his fucking head is on the. Yeah. On the, yeah. Ah, he, ah. I fucking love that. That's the most Jack, Jack Nicholson take in the movie. Yeah. Is that. Yeah, for sure. When he's screaming. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes to the room, sees the old woman like runs in fear and then he goes back to his wife and he's like nope nothing was there i don't know what you're talking about yeah. just no. fucking gaslights the fuck out of her immediately nut though <laughs> gunked <laughs> it's the most obscene way i can yeah. say that i gunked yeah. i gunked on her <laughs> that's so bad oh, shit. dude once he once he sprains his ankle the way he hobbles around like sasquatch is iconic isn't it weird how you can recognize like yeah that in the axe, the hunched over thing, you can see a silhouette of it and know that steel book where he's like hunched over like that. Yeah, it's ca- like this one, right? Like this. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's that's iconic. Yeah, it's just iconic. and like how it's used in the in the hedge maze when it's snowing and he's like and he's limping around, limping yeah. around. Yeah, um, we're jumping around so much, but basically the the bat scene, he gets like he gets bonked, he gets a cinema bonk. Yeah, he falls down the stairs, and he meets a fate similar to Hal in two thousand one, where he's like, they get incapacitated, and they start to like, oh, he, like he has a head injury, and Hal's being taken apart, right? right? But like they start to oh. beg and plead and manipulate. Mm. They're like, they both are sort of like, yeah, Wendy, no, don't do it. I need a doctor. And then he's like, Dave, I, I'm feeling my memories go, Dave. I don't feel so good. Yeah, it reminded me so much. I was like, oh shit, they're the villain is devolving in the same way yeah, yeah. And, was, and like like pleading it's using and every tactic yeah yeah it's like pleading and begging and um but yeah, it reminds one- me of uh i'm sure x machina took some cues from that but how the entire like the crux of x machina was the manipulation aspect mm. yeah, yeah yeah exactly like her learning to manipulate the man uh dick calls um he, the guy that like owns a garage or something. Yeah, the yeah. mechanic, I guess. Yeah, um, he calls <clears throat> that actor is actually a really good chess player. He brought a chess board um, to set, hoping like someone would play with him. And Kubrick shut down filming for a day to film to just to fucking play chess Jesus with him. Christ, he got he beat him one time. I was gonna say, imagine he shuts it down and Kubrick just never wins. <laughs> yeah, like, no, he won all day except for once. And apparently, cast and crew would, who probably have a bit of a grudge towards Kubrick at this point yeah celebrated it and apparently he was pretty upset <laughs> I, I bet yeah. yeah it was like you can't beat me you know like yeah. like he they beat him once but he was he but he at the end he thanked him because he was like I haven't had like a a good chess competition like yeah he's like he bodies everybody I'm sure yeah so like someone came on and could actually play chess he was like dude 
Like, we're the adversary. Thank you yeah. for coming. Like, Gone too soon, man. I can't imagine Stanley Kubrick's uh, Twitch page at this point. Dude. His Twitch, Twitch channel. His Twitch channel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would definitely have a Twitch channel for did, sure. Did you see that recent? He's a, he'd be a YouTuber. <laughs> Modern Warfare, like, oh, fucking yeah. shit. What's up, guys? Sorry. <laughs> What's be, up, guys? Be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> have you seen that recent chess scandal that happened? But, yeah. Dude. It's oh, all, yeah. It's, it's wild. It's fucking great. He, a buzzer in his asshole. That's one of the theories, yeah. Mm. That's stupid, though. Pretty cool. Pretty neat. Pretty cool guy. Pretty neato. Shout out to butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to prostate milking. <laughs> Jesus. It's right there. It's right, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's your prostate milk. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Kubrick's secretary spent literal months typing up all work and no play with makes Jack a dull boy. Those are all real copies. I was going to say, when you see those papers, I can only imagine the misery of whoever typed those up. They're all real because you never knew which, which one Shelly would grab. Right. So they, yeah. the stacks and spares all had to be made. So she spent months typing all that up. She's like, can I copy them? He's like, no. <laughs> Quite literally, like, going insane, like Jack Torrance, typing up all work and no play. Like, Seems pretty easy to me. Yeah. Just doing your free time, you fucking lazy bitch. Good point. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> she cuts to her like... I'm going crazy. I'm being abused. Yeah. Do your job. <laughs> <laughs> all three of us are like, God, I hate my fucking yeah, job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Hey, but, you know... Yeah. Imagine having like imagine like doing the elevator scene, for example, and he'd be like, nah, reset back to one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and someone just like with a mop, like see you in nine okay. fucking days, dude. Yeah. Throwing All right, out come the on. elevator, like the fucking well in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently every time they did a take of that, Kubrick couldn't watch. Because there's so much blood and like well, it, He's it like, was I actually can't look at blood, guys. <laughs> no, really no, it, it was it he it made him too anxious. He was like so much uh, preparation went into every take, he would call action and walk off. Is what they said. The four cameras shooting at four different lenses. Four. What different a little bitch, dude. <laughs> honestly, weak. How could you? Honestly, how could you not watch? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. But yeah, apparently he was happy once he saw that. But the way all the furniture like just comes spilling out. Oh shit! They didn't expect that, by the way. Like, like the happy the power. Accident. Yeah, the power of the blood. Issues, guys. Oh no! Oh, you gotta over. get it up. The... This never happens to right. Yeah, it's the knob right. Oh, it's that that one. Yeah, get your knob up. Blue Chew sponsor the podcast. Yeah, uh, so then that doesn't Don't take anymore. it if you don't need it. You'll fucking kill yourself. Really? Yeah, it's really bad for your heart. Oh. So the set they shot on this the big studio, because it went so over schedule, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes Back had to wait for Kubrick to be done. Hey, to fuck sh- you. To hey, shoot in that studio. Eat a fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Stanley Kubrick. But it's also funny that it's I like... I wonder how often he said that. How many times do you think he's ever said that? Dude, apparently he was very like negotiation wise he was very diligent in his contract stuff so so when stuff would happen he'd be like no no like he would call them and point to find print to studios and shit for example the studio burned down at one point late in production and they were like okay well you can make do and he's like no look at my contract yeah he's like look at my contract you're obligated to build me a set even if i have to a few close-ups to shoot get fucking nutted on studios For real though, and Dude. so they built. They had to rebuild the ballroom. Can you imagine burnt down once. the size of the dopamine hit he got whenever he successfully bullied a studio into making a set for a one frame? Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, hardest yeah. shit ever of all time. Apparently, when the set when the stage burned down, he was actually he's like, oh yeah, I can't wait to make the studio pay for this. No, no, he 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 maybe. lit it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. He got the insurance money. Yeah. You know what's funny is people said that he wasn't anxious or upset about it at all. He seemed relieved that he had more time. 
Nice. That's fucking awesome. Which is kind of cool. Um, he set the fire, clearly. Probably, yeah. yeah. We're not saying it, but we're saying it. We have more evidence to that than they do that this movie is about Native Americans. But the moon landing is undisputable. That is true. That's a fact. I mean, he practiced with seals in one, so... It's a fact. A rear projection, dude. Easy. Um... The axe from The Shining had a really interesting journey. So at the end of production, um, they did, you know, like a an auction. Basically, they just auction off props and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the crew members bought it for 10 bucks just just to use it practically. So he, <laughs> yeah, he it, it was a real axe. Wow. There was there was fake axes like yeah. for different scenes like the maze and stuff, not yeah. not as heavy, etc. But the real axe busting down a door. The guy was just like, I would like an axe. Yeah. I have firewood to chop. I need yeah. It. yeah. So he bought the axe and uh, he chopped wood with it for like a couple decades. It stayed in the shed, all that. Uh, Did someone recover it? Someone recovered it. Whoa! It 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 made its way to like a, a prop guy that collects famous movie stuff. He collect he found, you know, it came into someone's possession and someone tipped him off and he was like, "I'll be right there." Yeah. He got the the shining <clears throat> axe, the the hero axe. Um, it sold at an auction after that for $208,000. He kept it for a little while, but then, you know, he was just like, yeah, my time with it's gone. I don't keep everything. Yeah. Whatever. He's super just, cool. Yeah. He's just like, and he sold it for $208,000 in 2019, which is crazy. I'd love to sell a block of wood for $200,000. <laughs> yeah. 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 But imagine that is the most iconic axe of all time. Yeah, 100%. Name a more iconic axe. Uh, George Washington's cherry tree axe. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. I was going to say Lord of the Rings, fucking... Uh, Gene Simmons' Axe Base. Gene Simmons' Axe Base. I have one of those. More baby. than The Shining? I don't, I don't think so. Arguable. Mm. Arguable. Are you in the Kiss Army? Exactly. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> there was another spare Alex, axe. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Kiss right Army, on. let's go. Let's fucking uh, go, baby. There was another spare axe taken home by a producer in Kubrick's brother-in-law, and it just sat in the guy's garage for a while, and his wife threw it out. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So one of the spare axes was just thrown out in the trash. The old sperm bank threw it out, eh? Yeah. Cut to, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's um, that's genuinely, I think that would warrant that reaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that sucks. But uh, speaking of the axe scene, the most iconic, like, here's Johnny, the one of the most, couple most iconic frames ever in history, Jack in the door and her. The axe through the door with her, like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and that too, though. The shots of her reaction shots throughout the entire film, fucking iconic, yeah. dude. Dude, like, just her face. Her face. It, but imagine doing that for six months. She's mostly reacting man- yeah. manically, yeah. right? Like just hysterics. She's like, she, well, I got to practice. She, <laughs> she ran out of tears. She was dehydrated. She would collapse. Her hair was falling out. There's there's footage of her in the documentary, like people fanning her and she's like on the ground. Poor girl. I know. Great performance, though. Fucking worth it. That's nothing. I once forgot my tuba at a marching band show. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whiplash. Imagine that stress. Yeah. (laughs) You forgot your tuba. It's the biggest thing. It's the the only thing thing you need. No, let me explain. Okay. I didn't forget the tuba. The the trumpets were responsible for loading the thing, and they Uh simply didn't load my tuba. Got it. Their fault. And then I had to go up to the director. Never take responsibility for anything. Here's the thing. It is their responsibility. Your tuba was their responsibility. Got it. Yes. That week. <laughs> That's how that works. That, that week. Uh, back to this, the shot in the door, though. Um, the camera operator was on the other side of that with no protection, no 
nothing. This was before swinging at your face. Yeah. Now the the operator said, now if you do that shot, full body armor, you have to have this. You have to have that. All this legal stuff. All these. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) imagine if you're filming and then right in the shoulder. He's handheld. He had to stay still. That's awesome. So as the the (laughs) he said the axe was coming through the door, splinters, (laughs) splinters of wood shooting into his face. The axe, not knowing where each swing would hit, coming through the door, millimeters away from his camera and him, and he couldn't flinch. That's I thought that's so that's so, and he captured one of the most iconic shots in history. Yeah, that's so fucking cool. It's like worth it. Yeah, even if he got stabbed. Yeah, he, the, it's funny. Like in the commentary, he was like, "Yeah, making movies back then, they were just a little more lenient on safety." A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Cut to John Landis. Nope, uh, not gonna do well, that. <laughs> well, put it on YouTube. It exemplifies my point. It Go does. to jail forever, you piece of shit. I yep. mean, yeah. Yep. But um, he made the Kentucky Flight movie. Oh, he can yeah. fucking eat shit forever and <laughs> die. Whenever the hand finally reaches through to open the door, once the thing is open, the hand that hits it with a knife and the fake blood, like mm-hmm. when she swings, that's actually Stanley Kubrick. Oh wow! Hitting Jack Nicholson with like a prop. It's like knife. a big hairy fucking hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. You watch it frame by frame, you can't tell, but it's it's Kubrick hitting Jack Nicholson's hand with a fake knife, which is, mm. I thought was kind of fun. He actually stabbed it. Yep, he's <laughs> he's a fan of practical effects. So. <gasps> um, wow, my hand's bleeding. Shut up. Yeah. Then we get to the May scene. Um, one thing that bugged me is you can't see their breath, but it's like whatever you know who fucking cares i know they, like, it's just perfect dude it it's is still great. perfect god the, the the wide angle shots and the tracking shots mm-hmm. are just so fucking, it's fucking iconic and they're it's silhouetted the whole time also just, like a callback to like danny's wheeling around the hotel hallways and stuff that but also the maze being an allusion to like what a brain looks like and the insanity the loss of it and then they're weaving through the insanity it's fucking just like awesome. it's yeah. all just plays into that metaphor sorry you're bored josh Ugh. He's got narcolepsy. That's true. He's Mr. Bean and Rat Race. I'm so ready for fucking spooky season to be over for this goddamn shit to get out of my fucking head. Yeah, the, the on fucking, my fucking head. The fucking spooky spider webs. I think it's a good look, dude. I like it. I lean in. It's lean kind in of Barry Lyndon. I look like it's yeah. yeah Barry it's Lyndon. a, it's a Kubrick like episode. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Or um, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> like, George <what>? Washington. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it just gets worse. Holy shit. Like the more you pull it. All right. What if I stuff it? It, it exists out of spite. <laughs> oh. All right. It's just getting worse. Jesus fucking Christ. Quit fucking with them. It's just getting more. I mean, this worse. is the last episode with this. Yeah. Game, fuck so. it. Who cares? Almost done. You could light it on fire. Speaking of spooky, Kubrick turned down doing The Exorcist and Exorcist 2. Really? Yeah. Wow, kind of fun fact. That's pretty cool. He would have been great at both. When Jack Nicholson finally dies, that's a mannequin. Can you believe that? What? Yeah. You mean when he's frozen? Yeah, that's a lifelike mannequin. Holy shit, that looks amazing. I know. Yeah. I thought that was him that whole fucking time. Me too. Wow. For years, I was like, oh, that's definitely Jack Nicholson. No, that's a a mannequin. Nailing it. That's (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Is that it? That was good. Let's see yours. What the teeth out a little bit more? Yeah. That's, yeah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> We're nailing it. Throwing the the ball in the hotel room, in the hotel ball room, whatever. I'm so tired. That was Jack Nicholson's idea. Nice. The script just says he's not working. Chris and is just going through his last. Yeah, I'm literally. Yeah. I'm running on fumes. It's a genius idea, Jack. Throwing a ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. The the method. Acting. He probably was just bored. He's like, what if I threw a ball at the wall? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, this is something I've never really believed, but this is one of those trivia things that just kind of just sounds like bullshit Let's right off the way. It. 
To get Jack Nicholson in the right agitated mood, he was fed only cheese sandwiches for two weeks, which he hates. You've told us that. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah. He would have been like, there's no mention of No, that. I'm Jack Nicholson. You're yeah. going to get me a fucking sandwich. In the I documentary, was in Chinatown. In the documentary, <laughs> you can see him ordering rice and noodles. Oh. So, I don't know. It's just rice like, and noodles? What a fucking monster. He says or. Oh. Cook a little rice with it or something, will you? Something, you know, either rice or noodles. <laughs> okay, Timmy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Why do you have to know about my rice and noodles? Uh, since Kubrick lived in England, he wasn't even familiar with the improvised line, Here's Johnny. He had no idea who the t- Tonight Show was, f- like, was and Johnny Carson and all that. So he he almost didn't use that take. Oh. He's like, who the fuck is Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> your name is Jack. You not remember your name? And That's it's his I actual got. name. Danny is Danny's name. Yeah. Jack is Jack's name. Yeah. Shelly Duvall. Wendy. Wendy. She oh. got shafted with yeah. him. Was a bad actor. Yeah. Actress. He's imagine like, saying too much. Imagine saying, dude, <laughs> that would suck to give that type of performance, that traumatizing hellscape you go through. And then for everybody to go, wow, that's a bad performance. Oh, my God. It's a good performance. Yeah. One of the greatest of all time. I would agree. I mean, yeah. Top five Scream Queen performances. Easy. Dude, like her screaming in the door is one of the most iconic frames in cinema history. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Don't reshoot it, Mike Flanagan. Topped only by Jennifer Love Hewitt in I Still Know What You Did Last (laughs) Yes, true. Do you hear me? If you want me back, come and get me. I'm right here. I still know what you did last summer, right? Yeah. In the the cemetery? Okay. Yeah, where it's raining. And she has one button on her. Yeah. Just one. I know the one. Only one button. I'm well aware. Um,. The fact that, yeah, she's just fucking incredible. The fucking, the blue sweater. It's just so fucking iconic. And the fact that Mike Flanagan recasted Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. How dare you? With like a Why prettier Shelley Duvall. You know what I mean? Like, it's just didn't even look like her. No, the, yeah. she, they casted Snyder versions of them. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they hotified it, you know? Like, always, like, just hot, have to hot of Hollywood it and hotify it. Like, just the fact that they even did that. It would have been so much better if everything was just alluded to and you never saw 100%. those frames again. It yeah. would make it have a more sense of, like, mysticism and, yes. like, legendary status. It would, you, know? you know what it would do? It would, it would actually respect that movie. I mean, yeah. To do that and <clears> reshoot <throat> those frames is fucking disrespectful to the classic. That's what I think, genuinely. You know what did do a good job? Ready Player One. Still haven't seen that to be honest. When they referenced oh, the with Shining, King Kong. yeah, but they referenced the Shining. They're in the Overlook Hotel. It's a big scary did, sequence. Didn't they use the same footage though? They use the same footage. That's what I'm saying. That's, like that's fair. They did it better. That, <laughs> like that's at least like the only shitty part is when they go into the ballroom and it's like a big spooky ghost town. Yeah, and like it's literally like Halloween town, it's like, like haunted like, mansion with like ghosts. Yeah, dude, <laughs> dude, literally like ghosts are flying around and they're green and shit. Yeah, that's dumb. Oh, well, you know what's funny is like. I but like know. all of the the actual shining footage used in Red Player One looks great. Yeah, I'd agree. The, you know what's funny is when Shelley Duvall is running around seeing all his apparitions and she sees all the skeletons in the lobby with like literal cobwebs and stuff. Yeah, those are actual skeletons, right? I Sorry. think I think so, but but like fucking totally ruined that. My bad. No, it's I I don't know, but like the camera operator in the commentary was like, it's such a shame that we had to shoot this scene with with. Hollywood Halloween spooky haunted house stuff. He's like somebody asked for this or something. He alludes to the fact that like it's it cheapens the movie and somebody asked for it, like a studio or something. Really, it's never yeah. really. He, he doesn't directly say it, but he's like, it's such a shame that we had to shoot like like these weird haunted house props. 
when the rest of the movie is this elevated, like yeah. like a like, uh, art piece. Yeah, yeah. I thought it added to it. I liked it. Yeah, because she's seeing haunted shit. Yeah. I thought it was. It didn't bug me. It's appropriate me. for the yeah. The yeah. Argue. I mean, not arguably. The fucking bear scene is scarier than than the fucking skeletons and the cobwebs and shit. Yeah. When you're yeah. just seeing like fucking depraved sex act. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was ass out of the pouch. You're like, that's fucking terrible, dude. Yeah. Sick. Hot. What? T- terrible. No, terrible. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's scary and bad. Yeah, it's sexy and t- yeah. terrible. And it didn't make you horny. It was it, it's a horror film that was fucking spooky scary. Spooky. Hit the yeah. drop cuz that's spooky scary. Oh shit. Fucking, oh, my, you know what I mean? It's the, that's spooky scary. Get out of here. There you go. Anyways, uh I remember when I first saw that, I was like, what am I I rewound it cuz I didn't yeah. know what I saw. I was like, wait what a, <laughs> yeah. a guy can suck a dick <laughs> i didn't even register that it was a sex act when i first really? saw it yeah i didn't even register that you didn't know what they were doing no i was just like what like he's fixing his button <laughs> i didn't know it didn't i was like there's no way he's doing but that I was like, yeah because it's like how is he sucking dick through a mask for one yeah true good point yeah good yeah how does one suck a dick <laughs> through a mask <laughs> All right. Anything else? I, I I somehow got through all my notes. No, I'm good. I was incredibly unfunny for two hours. So um, you want to wrap this up? <laughs> I watched the Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episode about The Shining. Oh, so you definitely did your research. No, I'm just saying I watched that growing up so many times that during my this rewatch of The Shining, I kept remembering those parts, and it oh, was like, very nostalgic. I've never even seen that. Really? Yeah, never. It's great. This is it's like awesome. 2001. This is a victim to being referenced so much that yes. it's like it doesn't seem like it's, it's a parody of itself. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. You you rewatch it and you're like, oh yeah, this has been this is that. Yeah, it's just, just but no one has done it better. Honestly, I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's just fucking. Again, I wish I could go to the theater in 1980 and be there. It's just the best fucking haunted haunted house hotel movie ever of all fucking time like arguably the first elevated horror film (laughs) i hated that as it came out of my mouth um (laughs) it was a joke as far as horror movies i wasn't serious guys i'm joking as far as horror movies where does this rank for you of all time shit top three i'd say it's got to be the best horror film of all time for me i i can't not put it at number one right Number two, Evil Dead 2013. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Evil Dead is just a fucking summer fun time. Let's fucking go. But, yeah. but I mean, this is fucking... If I can't count uh, Silence of the Lambs, which is arguable as a horror movie, then this is number yeah. one for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. I'm having a hard time thinking of anything that, better. Evil Dead, Hereditary, Midsommar. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. they're all sort of... The Witch, they're all sort of in that you could, same ilk. You could argue Alien, too. Yeah. Alien, yeah. As a horror film. That is fucking... There's a few perfect films. I'd say if I Alien had Alien is for sure one. Alien is a perfect film. This is a perfect film. I would say 2001 is a perfect film. But is it cinema? <laughs> Marty scores. <laughs> yeah, let's get right. Yep. It's perfect, but it's not. Let me do a quick lightning round. <laughs> this takes so long. <laughs> Every time we do is a cinema, it's like the song. I'm just like, oh. I think it's it's because we're landing the plane of the episode, yeah, and yeah. anytime we do it, I'm it's just like, like a decompress. It's you know, yeah, it's a nice button. But I think the listeners like to know whether True. or not it's cinema. It's it's a nice little uh, reward for them. Yeah, I think you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fucking obviously cinema four three. Obviously, it's like one of the greatest films of all fucking time. Like course. this is a top. Yeah. 10, 15 for me easily. Yeah, big, fucking, yeah. big fucking duh. Big fucking duh. All right. Is it four three though? 
That's why I did six of them. Oh, okay. You had seven, actually. Fucking three did copies I? of it. I'm pretty sure, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I have I one, two, Let's put money three. On it. I'll bet you $20,000. One, two, three, four, you five, seven. six. I, I think I did six. I'm 100% sure you and did. And we'll seven. cut to a replay here. Yeah. This takes so long. Damn, dude. Told you. That was a result that we found out. It is indeed been investigated <laughs> now you have to marry your mother-in-law budget oh yeah or, oh wait no dmd <laughs> all right we got to do a dumb movie title for the shining dude the shining dude the shining who wants to go first i'll go first i have shit ones yeah me too kind of for such a for a movie so legendary it's hard to come up with a stupid title for you it. feel like that your dmt has to be really good but i'm mine are not good go ahead here's trauma Nice. And what no pussy does to a motherfucker. <laughs> and I'll work and no play. That's all I got. Nice. nice. Alex? I have Cabin Fever and The Shinning. The Shinning? That's what the Treehouse of Horror is. Okay. Got it. Uh, the Skarenstein Bears. That's good. That's pretty good. The Doctor Sleep prequel. I can't allow that. that <laughs> I just simply I, I can't I allow it for that one. It's uh, the Doctor Sleep prequel, dude. It's the official prequel to Doctor Sleep. Yeah, <laughs> that's a. But I feel it's like a, it has to. It's be a the dumb title. movie title. Yeah, it does. All right, congrats to us, Doctor Sleep. We did it. And honestly, dude, congrats to us for Spooky Scary Season. We did. Like, we, we nailed did. it. Like Spooky Scary. We fucking. That was the last time the skeleton will be here. Not a single another time. Not one more time. Spooky Scary. Uh-huh. Ah, ah, spooky fucker. We um. We he's fucking. A, he, he's an asshole. <laughs> Trust say, me. <laughs> Trust me. We fucking bodied spooky season, dude. We went pretty hard. We've been doing horror My films hands exclusively for, for like a month and a half. For yeah. two months. Yeah. Shout out oh, to Spooktober. Yeah. We went hard. Yeah, because before spooky season, we did we like just three. happened to do. Yeah. yeah. And we ended on the five head cinephile, arguably the best horror film of all time. So. Which means next week we're doing Pay It Forward with Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> <laughs> a very non-spooky film. Arguably, except for the brutal murder. Budget? You guys want to guess the budget? I know it, Fox, unfortunately. Yeah, I um, sure. What was the budget for? Oh uh, man, I meant to make you guys guess the take numbers of that other stuff. Hundred forty. Yeah, you nailed it. Hundred forty-eight. Hundred forty-eight. Yeah. Josh wins. Uh, box or budget? Let me do forty-five million dollars. Twenty-five. Alex wins. It was nineteen million. Fuck. You see, when you take inflation into account... um, (laughs) You're such a genius. What is the uh, Metacritic score? Metacritic? Mm. See, this is always such bullshit. Mm, I'm going to go... I'll go 93. That's what I was going to say. I'll go 89. 89, 93. I'm going to say 86. You know it. Alexa, what's the Metacritic score for The Shining? I don't have Metacritic scores. Alexa, shut up. But the shiny yeah, has an IMDb Alexa, stop. rating of... 66. Bullshit. Out of 100? 66. Oh, so it's a wrong people. Ah! Holy shit. 66 out of 100? That's yeah. lower than like Assassin's go- Creed Syndicate. <laughs> can you like, go- what the can, fuck? Can you go to horror and sort by most? Is that possible? I'm ready to go home. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm really tired. Thanks for listening to There Are Too Many Movies. Wait. Jack Nicholson. Oh, shit. You won. Thanks for listening to There Are Too Many Movies. 
I was in China. You just sound Christian Slater. Yeah. Yeah, it was the same thing. Oh, okay. same, same person. I was also in Heather's. Because I'm also Christian Slater. <laughs> Name a movie. Jack Nicholson. Oh, we're playing that? Yeah. Yes. Oh, Chinatown. The Shining. Analyze that. As good as it gets. Uh, he's not an analyze that. I was thinking of analyze this. No, you're thinking of Robert De Niro. Shit. So you're fucking out immediately. That sucks. Big time immediately. What was yours? <laughs> big time immediately. Genuinely, I can't remember. It was as good as it gets. <laughs> so as good as it gets. You're not allowed to ask that. Uh, anger management. <laughs> you're not allowed to ask me that. I'm tired. Anger management. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. What? He's not in that either. He 100% is. He's the dentist. No, that dude, that's Steve Martin. In the original Little Shop of Horrors, Jack Nicholson is. The <laughs> uh, in the original, yeah, Alexa. Okay. okay, no, no, no. He's right. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> really? <laughs> dude, I'm fucking tired as shit. I'm out man. immediately. All right. Uh, Jack Nicholson was in fucking Batman. Oh uh, yeah. You dumb fucks. Congrats to us. One more time. Not congrats to me. I got out immediately. And outed. I was outed. Thanks for listening to There Are Training Movies. And thanks for sticking around for spooky motherfucking season. Thanks. We did it. We love you guys so much. Five bucks a month on Patreon if you want to support your local on the internet podcast. Or access to the Discord. Chug, or a thousand dollars. Chug your milk. Chug it. Yeah, chug it. been sitting there for an hour. Chug milk for dude. the bit. Are you going to yes and it? I'm going to fucking puke. You, don't, you, you actually don't have to. <laughs> Gross. You're a little bitch. You chug it then. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Later, Be- totes.